0: This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are here today. Today you're listening to episode 46 and I'm talking with Melanie Ryan. Melanie is the mother of two and she is Montessori certified and shares all about gentle parenting and raising readers over at Littlefingers at work on Instagram. In this episode of the podcast, we talk about what Montessori schooling environments look like and why she finds they are a great fit for her family. In this episode, we also talk about giving kids the freedom to choose. I sometimes struggle with my kids having too many choices and then things getting out of control. And Melanie also shares with us what her idea of coding is. I personally see a lot of value in technology, but a lot of times it becomes too much in our house. And Sometimes I've been like, should my kids be learning to code? Should they be learning things like that already? Um, But then she actually breaks down like, what is coding? And it's so much simpler than we make it out to be. Um, It goes beyond the computer. And so I really loved hearing Melanie's thoughts on that. Melanie lives in India. And we talk about how the way we were raised as children might not look exactly like the way we raise our kids now and how we both handle that as parents. So if you're interested in learning more, you can go to littlefingersatwork.com and find her on Instagram at that handle as well. Uh, you can also find me personally on Instagram. I'm lindseyhine626, as well as Sandy Boy Productions, and why is everyone yelling? We are all on Instagram and we'd love to have you join us over there. Before we get started talking with Melanie, I want to thank Prevenex for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you are looking for a place to get your multivitamins and supplements and vitamins for your kids, look no further than Prevenix. They have effective and clean ingredients. I've actually had long conversations with the founder of Prevenex, and I can't say enough great things about their products. Their products are clinically tested with proven ingredients, their nutrients are in optimal forms and levels, and they have premium quality and effectiveness. Now, one cool thing is when you buy their Supervites for your kids, they donate a bottle to malnourished kids around the world and their multivitamins for kids have essential nutrients that help with your eye health, bone health, immune health. They increase energy and improve focus. They've also now donated over one million bottles of Supervites around the world, which is so cool. My kids take their Supervites every day. I take their multivitamins every day and we also use their protein powder can't recommend them enough, go to prevenex.com use the code Lindsay15, that's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y 15 at checkout, and you will get 15% off your order. All right. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Melanie. All right. Well, today on the podcast, we have Melanie Rayan on the show. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Hello,
1: Lindsay. Thank you for having me here.
0: Thanks for coming on the show. I'm really excited to get to know you and super excited. You're our first guest on the show from India. So we're going worldwide here.
1: Oh, that's good news. Uh, thank you for having me here. I think it's an honor and a privilege uh, to be talking from my country. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot.
0: All right. So, Melanie, you have two boys, seven and four. I'm curious, when was it that you decided you wanted to educate yourself and others about Montessori-type learning?
1: Okay. Uh, I, I think like any other parent, once uh, I found out that uh, we are going to uh, have a child, I started to look up on the Internet and started to read and understand more about... Uh, uh generally how children are and what i should be expecting once i am a mother and uh and then i was a working parent uh, uh i had to work odd hours uh, in my office and uh, so when i came home when i came back home uh, i found that i was emotionally distant with my child i was not able to uh, you know connect like uh other moms did and somewhere i was like thinking what should i be doing more and uh, what would uh you know make things easy for us to connect because i have very little time to spend at home with my child so what do i do at that time and uh, that is how i started to uh you know look at things in a different way and uh uh, I read somewhere, and I I kept going through a lot of uh, blogs written by other moms. At that point, like I'm talking, uh, like six seven years back, there were not uh, a lot of Indian mothers uh, writing about their own journey. Uh, so I had to look outside my country to see how you know how other parents are doing it because I wanted. Uh, I, I know how people are doing things in in uh, when I look at other moms here but I wanted to know more in detail what was going on inside their head and how were they prioritizing things and how was any other working mom doing things and then I found out that play could be how I could connect to my child because it, it sounded very practical. Uh, you know when I was a new mother and then I thought okay fine when I go back home today probably I'm going to try uh, a new play or an activity or things like that and that is how I started but when I started it was not anything related to Montessori it was not anything close to Montessori at all it was something that I could you know that pops up first thing on the google search and I would bring it home Uh, and then I started to refining refine the play and tweaking things here and there with what is available in my country. It it sounds very silly, but uh, uh, when my son was like a year old, pom-poms were a very rare thing to find here. And I was like, what is an alternative to pom-pom and things like that. So we started there and then I started to... Uh, you know those are all the physical things but then I also wanted to see the emotional and uh, you know the depth of other things so I started to read about Montessori and it the philosophy really spoke to me it was it was loud and clear a lot of things were starting to make sense to me once I started to uh, read Mont- uh, Dr. Montessori's books and I started to implement one by one in in my family with my children and then it started to work. It was like a a you know a jigsaw puzzle fitting in together and things were starting to make sense. And, uh, you know, the kind of quality time that I was craving with my child was starting to happen. So uh, that was a good happy moment for me.
0: Yeah. You know, I was just I'm reading a book by Brad Stolberg right now about groundedness. And one of the things that I'm really trying to work on and he's he's, he's teaching me in the book is just like being present. I know it sounds so basic, but like, if I can just stop worrying about the future, if I can just stop thinking about what I didn't do and like be with my kids, we're so much happier. But why is that so hard for us to do?
1: Oh yeah. Because I don't know why it is hard because, uh. I think in today's world, uh, we are more distracted, mm-hmm. and we have a lot of things going on inside our head, even while we are physically present in a, uh, you know, with others and things like that. So when we are talking about parenting a child, when when we are with a child, a child is giving us the hundred percentage of their attention, yes. right? Whereas though we are physically present. I think it takes a lot of mindful practice to cut down the distractions when we are with our children. And it takes a lot of practice. Uh, and I and because it does not happen in a day or, or an overnight thing, like when we decide that we are going to be there for a child, it takes a lot of awareness to understand that it is going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of effort. So uh, I think that is why it's not easy for us. And uh, uh, the best thing is that it's a learnable skill so we can work on it and probably try to meet our children where they are.
0: I love that you said that like they are giving you 100% of their intention, which is so true. It's like I went and jumped on the trampoline with one of my kids yesterday and you can just see them looking at you with these eyes like she's fully here. And It almost makes you sad to think that they don't feel like you're fully there more often. But, you know, that's one of the things. I mean, that's why I try to, like if we go on a bike ride or something, like I just leave my phone at home because I know it's just the way of the world. I will be distracted if my phone is in my pocket. I know I will be. Um, Okay, so let's talk about some of the Montessori practices. One of the things I... I was reading about is giving the kids freedom to choose. And I love that. I said this on the podcast before. I think on this podcast that one time it was something as simple as like the kids were trying to figure out where they were going to sit in in the two cars that we had. Like we had two families and two different cars and everybody wants to sit one place or the other. And my aunt said to me, she was like, I'm hearing too many options. There are too many options. You're trying to give your kids the freedom to like pick, but there's too many options. Everybody's overwhelmed. So I'm curious how you go about giving your kids freedom to choose what they do when they do it, how long, but also having boundaries because we all know that like at some point they have to have some sort of guidelines.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's like uh, too many choices overwhelm even adults, right? Like sometimes when we are going through a Netflix browse option, uh, we we don't end up choosing one show, right? It sometimes takes a lot of time to see what is there. Make the choices: Do I want to watch this or do I want to watch that? We do a lot of permutations and combinations in our head, isn't it? Because uh, I that is predominantly because when there are so many choices, there is some kind of decision fatigue that comes along with it. It it just drains you when so there much. are too many options. Yeah. So, and does it mean that if, if there are limited options or if there are no options, how does it work? If there are no options, it's obviously going to suffocate us because uh, it, it, it might not be something that I like. So, I need options, but I don't need too many options, right? Like everything else in parenting, I think balance is, uh, is, is something that we all need, right? Like, we don't need too much of anything and we don't need too little of. Anything. So uh, I think balance is a key word here, and children really do appreciate that freedom because um, um, children need to try different things for them to know what they like and what they do not like. And uh, they, uh, for that matter, we cannot have too many toys or too many things, which is going to overwhelm them at some point, right? Like so, we need to find that sweet spot where a uh, child is given the choice yet it does not overwhelm them, yet it does not drain them from choosing one. So um, say if there are uh, clothes to choose from, probably you know clothes that they wear inside the home and clothes that they wear when they are stepping out outside, probably having uh, a different baskets with a small number of options which they can pick from would make it simpler for them. And uh, I see that giving the freedom uh, reduces the kind of workload that is attached to parenthood right like it makes things just easier for us because i think it's a first step to independence where you know you're given the choice you're giving you're given the freedom to choose between things and i think that is very important so yeah independence and then uh, it also means that we need to be mindful uh, when we you know, give them the options. Just because children have access to toys, we can't just overload them with toys or anything like that. So uh, we try to understand at what point the child gets overwhelmed. Like if there are too many toys and if the house is going to be uh, full of toys and if the child is not able to put his things back, then I think it's a cue to understand that the child is getting overwhelmed with Uh, too many uh, toy options. So probably taking a couple of things back inside the cupboard or giving it later. Um, I think it's a little bit of trial and error here where we try to understand what works for the child and what works for us as well.
0: Yeah, I feel like too, there's just there's so much like I feel like a lot of people have too much stuff. And, And sometimes when there's so much stuff, so many toys, Sometimes they get to the point where they don't even care about the toys anymore. So it's like, why do we keep accumulating more? I don't understand. I, I feel like I'm constantly purging stuff because there's just too much. And then and then the kids sometimes just get bored with it and they don't want to play with it anyway. Hey, friends. A quick break here to thank Prevenix for supporting this episode of the podcast if you are looking for vitamins and supplements for you and your family, look no further than Prevenex. Their Supervites for Kids are formulated to deliver the right forms and optimal amounts of key nutrients to support your growing child. They have vitamin A and C to support healthy eye function, calcium, magnesium, and vitamin D that are critical for bone development and teeth development, and key vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants to protect against oxidative stress and support a healthy immune system. They have the right nutrients that will help with increased energy and improved focus as we enter into this school year. I don't know about you, but I am really excited for my kids to go back to school and they will be taking their Super Vites every day. As well as me, I will be taking my vitamins from Prevanex as well. You all can go to prevenex.com and use the code Lindsay15 at checkout and that will get you 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. One of the things that I saw on your website was um, like activities for different ages, right? And like, you know, when kids are really little, one of the things that you can do is like matching activities or like sorting activities, but then you took it to the next level and you talked about Venn diagrams. And see, those are the little concepts that I, I don't want to say I failed doing as a parent, but I never do like little basic exercises like that with my kids. And so I'm curious um, if you have any tips on implementing just like little learning things like that throughout the day. I know a lot of people are in the middle of summer and they're waiting for their kids to go back to school and things like that.
1: Yeah, uh, so the thing is that I see that learning can happen anywhere and children um, would like to try a a couple of different things, right? Like they are anyways doing the sorting, just bringing in a new concept here or trying to give it a little twist to make it more fun yet educational. So that is how I look at activities and I am not someone who... uh, who has the, you know, ability or the time to get so many structured activities in a day. But I try to, uh, you know, fit that uh, structured activity whenever possible. I would not call it structured, but it needs a little bit of prep and a uh-huh. little bit of thinking that ahead in your mind, like at, at least, and you know, 10-15 minutes before you, you know, set it up for them, right? So those little things and uh, it it is it is all available on the internet it's it's not something that i have uh, you know f- you know coined this or it's it's there on the internet we what we are trying to do is that we are trying to do something with the resources that we already have at home with uh, you know where we don't have to buy anything extra or uh, which is not too challenging for our children to, to do it it should be fun yet learn something out of it just do something new. I think that children love uh, when uh, you know when they are trying something out for the first time, and uh, these uh, toys and little manipulators are something that they actually enjoy for their fingers and for their mind to think. So uh, it it I look at it as a little bonding time. Whenever I can, whenever I have the time, and whenever I have the energy to. Do certain things, I might as well make it productive,
0: I know i i I need to like I think it's the organization thing that I struggle with, right? like let me have a plan. I need to know at ten o'clock we're gonna do this, and I really struggle with getting organized on that um okay let's let's shift a little bit. Let's talk about coding. I keep saying that I need to get my boys, my oldest is nine. Uh, my youngest is three, but I keep saying I need to get my older boys like on the computer, like doing stuff like this. And it's such a, it's such a like balancing act, right? Because like we're over technologied in 2021. However, like it's part of the world. It's part like I, you and I are on the computer every day probably, right? So like our kids need to be familiarized and need to be learning stuff, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on on coding, and if you have any like basic suggestions on ways to get started.
1: I think uh, there's a thin line between uh, coding and unplugged coding. Like when I say unplugged coding, it's it does not involve a gadget like a computer or an iPad to do the work. So uh, in unplugged coding, what we do is that. Um, we use all the logical and uh, the critical thinking and all the uh, algorithms, debugging uh, and all the technical terms that you use in a, uh, you know, in the coding technical language. We just bring it out and we we try to do the same without the child using a gadget, right? So I think uh, it's, it's called unplugged coding and uh, how i look at it is that you know any coding for that matter like any language is all about logical thinking and reasoning so what it involves is a lot of a lot of critical thinking here and there right like logical thinking so applying the same thinking skills here where children use they are part of decision making skills and all of those things in a playway method is is quite interesting because um it's it's not just with play i think as adults we do a lot of thinking in our adult life like even if you are standing in a supermarket we see mm-hmm. different cues uh, with uh, different people standing there and we have the person who is billing. So we just make a quick math. Which queue do you think would move uh, quicker based on the items that the people are carrying in front of ahead of us? Uh, so we call that variables, right? And then we also see the age of the people standing in front of us. That also determines, uh, you know, if someone is going to, you know, take some time, then probably you quickly move to the next counter. Uh, we also see the billing person and see how fast is he billing. So we make a lot of uh, decisions while we are standing in that supermarket line, right? So those are all the thinking or the decision that we are doing every day. And I think doing that, bringing that here in the play is is critical. I think we need to start looking at it like that. These are life skills that we are teaching our children. So... It does not necessarily have to be play. Like you could use the same situation while you are trying to build something and you can ask your child, you know, which queue do you think is going to uh, move faster? So this is actually coding, right? And this is what we are doing on a sheet of paper or on, uh, you know, uh, writing the piece of code that works on a computer. But we are using the same skills, here, in our real life, and uh, when these things can fit into a play, why why not do that? Uh, I see a lot of technical uh, and educational stuff coming up saying that coding uh, is taught to young children. I do not know how that works because I haven't taken any of the uh, classes yet, but I'm sure uh, that these are the skills that are being taught there but uh, with a coding language attached to it. So I think when we uh, look at it in terms of layers, we would understand that these are life skills and uh, these can be done anywhere and especially through play.
0: I love that, you know, because there's so many things with school that you, you have to do, right? You have to pass the math. You have to pass all these classes to to get to the next thing and to graduate. How much of that do we use in our everyday life? I always think about that. I, you know, it's so, but 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 you have to do it. So I think explaining it, explaining it in that way from a young age, like to your kids when they're so young, is so wise and so helpful. I, I look back at my own childhood and sometimes I don't think I was explained things in that way.
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, it does because I think uh, as an adult, when I was put into these situations, uh, say, somewhere in my early 20s. So uh, it was uh, difficult for me. It was a shock, I should say, that I am doing so many things. And uh, uh, I think these are the skills that should be taught to children. Like, uh, what what is actually parenting? Parenting is preparing the child for the adulthood, right? So. You you need to teach the skills that they would actually use in their everyday life. You teach them to do their tax, pay their tax, or uh, because that's what we are going to do as adults. And uh, uh, fixing a tire or, you know, these are the skills that we need to equip our children with, uh, making decisions, you know, doing things in a different way that would actually help when they are adults and when they are on their own trying to do things right.
0: So you mentioned when you first started like looking into this way of teaching your kids and connecting with your kids that you didn't find a lot of other moms from your country like blogging about it you were looking elsewhere. So have you have you found a good community of of other parents in India and that that are looking for the same connection that you were looking for because I know that when you started searching, you had to search elsewhere. And I'm sure that you've created this like, really robust, cool community with Instagram and your website and everything.
1: Yeah, you know, us is a developing country, right? And uh, we have seen a lot of changes in the last uh, uh, three to four years. So the community that wasn't there seven years back, I think there is a solid community today and uh, we have the enough support groups uh, though it is online it's uh, and uh, we have formed a community here in our neighborhood where uh, young moms meet together and we discuss a uh, uh, little things city wise and uh, we discuss a uh, baby led weaning or uh, we talk about what Uh, the other parent is going through and uh, the similarities and things because it it makes a lot of difference when you meet someone in your neighborhood, in your community, though there is enough support, you know, in the online world, you sometimes need that face-to-face connection and uh, uh, surprisingly, it is happening a lot, uh, but this pandemic has, Mm. you know, dampened spirits a little bit but still there's a virtual community a strong community um, who is who and and more new mothers are joining the community so i think it's a beautiful thing that is happening uh because with the more collective awareness uh we would be able to do things differently in our society right because uh, if you look outside the internet not many parents uh, in my neighborhood, would know about, uh, you know, respectful parenting or gentle parenting or uh, this freedom of choice might look like a new concept uh, because it, it we are still learning about it, right? Like the information and the awareness has not reached all the mothers in our community, in our society, in our country. It's only a handful of people who are talking about this and who are practicing in an everyday life, it it has to become a norm here. It has to become what most of us do, right? So how does this happen? Uh, We need to form a community. We need to start making noise about it. We need to start talking about it so that, uh, you know, uh, a new mother from a different part of the country is able to find people who are doing the same things that she wants to do with her own child someone who she is able to connect to. I think that is where Instagram and Instagram stories come into place. They they watch how it is done. You know, a mother who is similar to us doing it. So probably it might work for us and things like that, right?
0: Yeah. So, so is this different than the way you were raised?
1: Of course, yeah. My parents gave the best with the information and with the resources yes. which were available. At that point of time, but uh, somewhere uh, there was not enough freedom to choose the things that I wanted to do and things like that. Today, there is awareness and today I've spoken to them and uh, there, there's a lot of understanding, but I wish things were done differently back then. Um, so, it is, so there's a lot of changes from the previous generation's parenting in our country and what we are doing at this moment so there's a lot of difference and uh, i think the difference and the changes for good
0: yeah i i agree and i think that you know i think that's one of the common issues people have with like the positive gentle parenting methods is they say like oh my parents didn't do the do it that way and i turned out just fine you know what i mean that's like i feel like the most common thing I hear. And then on the other side of that, what I struggle with when I'm trying to be gentle and like, you know, like approach situations where my kid is back talking or not um, doing what they're told in front of other people. I always feel like people think I'm being too passive or I'm not being hard enough. And I really struggle with that
1: yeah uh i do because uh, i think it takes a lot of understanding to accept this and trust the child because i think the entire gentle parenting uh, is about treating the child with respect and trusting the child and believing the child for who they are right and it sometimes may Give a, a fear because we don't know if that is the right thing to do. Because especially in our generation, we are the first generation mothers who are trying to do things differently, or what you what you call cycle breakers, right? And when we are trying to do things differently, it might sound very confusing to others who are looking at it in a different way, or it it might be something that you know they do not believe so they trust their opinions and their uh, ideologies and there are too many opinions so I think it's very difficult for an outsider to to understand what exactly is happening inside our homes so uh, keeping it aside I think we we do what is best for us and what is best for our children isn't it?
0: Yeah. And I mean, you just have to tell yourself that, too, when you feel that judgment or anything else. You just nobody's inside your home 24 hours a day. They don't know what you're saying to your kids later. They don't know what those after conversations look like. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to um, books. And I love your post about, you know, kids who read are oftentimes more empathetic. And and I love your explanation behind that. So you, can you explain that? So children, when
1: they read a book, right, they are getting to know the character right from the beginning and they are trying to understand. And usually with a child's children's book, uh, with books generally, uh, the author tries to give uh, an introduction about the main character and he tries to build the character and we try to understand a little bit about the character right and uh, post that we travel with the character and we see things how the person is doing this and how the person is doing that and uh, things like that and uh, when they are going through a challenging situation we understand that this is a person's nature and uh, but this is the person's personality and he's going through hurdles or um, some roadblock here and we start to connect with the situation we start to connect with the uh with the lead and we try to understand okay it's, it, it must be hard for this character it must be hard for this boy it, it it is a challenging situation how is he going to deal with it so we start connecting emotionally right and uh God forbid if the child is in the same situation, right? He has actually lived in his head in the same situation. So uh, he might try to bring in an, you a know, couple of ideas from the book and try to solve them in his real life. Or for that matter, he might see how it must be hard and how it must be difficult for that person. So there's a little bit of compassion in his heart within himself to... To show empathy, and I think this is a very uh, ideal thing in real life because when the child looks another looks at another person who is going through a difficult roadblock or something like that, the child knows that there's a different point of view, uh, which might not be clearly evident in you know in the surface, but the child tries to put themselves in their shoes and try to understand the situation from, uh, from person B's perspective. I think that brings up the whole concept of empathy, right? So I think readers are more empathetic.
0: Yeah, I love that. You know, one of the books that I love, my kids love, it's the Danny books. I think it's called What Should Danny Do? We have three of them now. D- do you know the book? Yeah,
1: I think I I don't have a copy, but uh, I've read about this book and I uh, know it about it a little briefly. Yeah. yeah. So he makes decisions, right?
0: Yeah, he makes choices throughout the day and you're given the scenario and, and it says, what should Danny do? And he gives two options. One is the option that is not the best choice and one is the good choice, the better choice. And then it takes you to like the next page depending on what choice he makes. Like, here's the outcome if he makes this choice. And so, you know, I've, I've oftentimes like brought that up later in, in our, like if something's going on and my kids have a choice to make, like their brother's kicking them, like you have a choice with how you can respond to how he's treating you. And I'm like, think about the Danny book. What would the two choices be? And it's been really helpful. They're really great books. If anybody's listening has never read them or heard of them, I would, I would highly recommend checking them out yeah
1: it does and um, the, 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 i think there's so much to learn even for adults from a children's book there are so many beautiful messages mm-hmm. encrypted in a very crisp and uh, you know beautiful way where uh, it is a lesson for us as well which we could actually apply in our you know in our everyday life so I think every child needs to read a lot of children's books, which are written for them to make them a better person and make them equipped for you know uh, you know to deal with things in their life.
0: I need to get better about reading with my kids. we just recently moved across the country and like uh oh, i I need to give myself some grace but man, i'm like i didn't I was like, I don't even know where the books are right now because we're still unpacking and everything, but um that's not something i'm the best at so it's something i want to work on um do you have any book suggestions from indian publishers that we you could recommend
1: oh there are tons of uh books that i could recommend so there are a couple of publications here indian publications uh tulika and Pratham publications and they do have amazing books you Name a topic and uh, Pratham usually has a book written about it. A lot of books about mental health, a lot of books about uh, culture, a lot of books about math or anything which is beautifully put through a story which the child can connect to and which even parents can connect to. So uh, there are so many books that if, if someone wants to start with books here, then I would suggest looking at Pratham website and their books are so affordable. So you can add a a little too many books to your bookshelf.
0: Well, we'll, we'll link to that site um, in the show notes for sure. All right, Melanie, what, what's, what's a place that you like to, these are the end of the podcast questions here. Um, tell me a place that you have enjoyed visiting with your kids.
1: I think uh, I, I have this couple of places bookmarked in my travel so there's this place called Jaipur. Jaipur has got a lot of architectural uh, things that would amaze you. So many historical buildings and, uh, you know, which would, you know, you look at that and you will be lost in the marvel. Uh, it, it's so much beauty and uh, everyone should go visit that place at least once. And, uh, then we have this place called Leh. Uh, it, it's it's uh, it's it's like where we get to rarely see snow here in India so uh, n- not really snow in your country but it, it you know it is something that uh, you know anyone should uh, visit in our country because it's such a beautiful place i've I've, I've never been there but I've been dreaming about that place. And I, one day I want to travel there and uh, look at the beauty myself.
0: Okay. You mentioned uh Netflix earlier. What are you, are you watching anything fun on Netflix?
1: So I usually watch, I, I usually rewatch shows. So I watch shit Creek uh-huh. a lot too many times. <laughs> and yeah, because I think I, Connect well with the David character He's and so funny, and Nora and <laughs> I don't. So I somehow have that deep level of connection between those characters. So I keep rewatching the episodes, and I also watch. I'm watching another show called Dynasty. So uh, that is also uh, keeping me occupied these days. And then there are so many uh, Bollywood movies and uh, I do watch a lot of uh, Malayalam movies. Malayalam is one of the languages that we talk here in the southern India. So uh, we do watch a lot of different language movies here.
0: I love it. I watched Shit's Creek last year, I think. So I think David's by far my favorite character.
1: He does, right? You so have you funny. some... There's there's something that uh, makes you relate to that character.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's so funny. Um, Okay, Melanie, what's your message you want to leave with our audience today? Um,
1: I want to say that prioritize reading and pick a lot of children's book, Uh, surround children with books and show them the beauty of literature, right? Good literature and just read whenever you get the time. And, Actively listen to our children, right? Like I think that is very important. So, like 15 minutes a day, we put our phone aside and we start connecting with our children through play or through books, or just ha- listen to them talk. I think this is something that we need to do without any distractions,
0: like we spoke about. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me here, Lindsay, because uh, it's it's such a privilege and uh, i'm humbled and honored at the same time so thank you thank you for asking me uh, to be here thank you
0: all right thanks everybody for being here today thanks melanie for coming on the show go check melanie out on instagram she is little fingers at work as well as littlefingersatwork.com is her website you can find me personally on Instagram. I am Lindsay Hine 626 over there. And you can find this podcast on Instagram, Why Is Everyone Yelling, as well as Sandy Boy Productions. That's our podcast network, Sandy Boy Productions over there. And hey, I put a call out. I am looking for a little help on this podcast with some social media work and things like that, guest pitching. And we've already had several applications come through. But if you are interested in, head over to Why Is Everyone Yelling Instagram page and in our bio, you can find the link to apply. I'm going to be turning all that around here in the next couple weeks and look forward to working with somebody, uh, one of you in the future there. Um, All right, friends, I hope this episode was helpful for you today. We've got a lot of great guests lined up that I can't wait to share with you. So make sure you don't forget to subscribe to the show. All right, we'll see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?